When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 2, Episode 22. Career Day. Chapter titled. Career Day. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for, but you paused for like 25 minutes. Well, then the podcast is over. <laughs> End of episode. When was the last time we did a 25-minute episode? I don't know. Let's try it today. Uh-uh. That's not happening. Why? Because we actually have stuff to talk about this time. We do. We had stuff to talk about last week, and we didn't like the episode. That's true. Our dogs are going nuts right now. That's because... This is ridiculous. Caden is not paying attention to them. Oh, my gosh. They were fine a minute. Oh, no. Wait. They're outside. Um, They were fine until they came into the house. Yeah. So, Hi. What's going on? We don't have Steven Universe to talk about this week. I mean, we could, but it would just be repeating what we said last week, which yeah. is watch it. It's amazing. What are we going to talk? What are we going to do for TV watch this week? TV watch. Uh, Righteous Gemstones. Oh, yeah. We watched the Righteous Gemstones. You should watch it if you have HBO. I did. Most people have HBO at no, this point, we're, I think. Uh, um, full disclosure, we're two episodes in. No idea how it gets later. It's already pretty stressful. It is very. The first episode was so fun. Like... It was so well written and interesting, but it was like funny enough that it didn't seem stressful, really. And then the second episode was all stress all the time, and it was a nightmare. There were some parts in the first episode that you were like, (gasps) (sighs) you like let out like an audible sigh of relief after a couple parts. And there was one part where you were just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but the whole second episode was just stress. It was. With like some jokes sprinkled in that were very good. But it was very it's a very it's HBO. It's a high stress show, but it's also very good and I'm surprised because I'm not a huge Danny McBride fan. I am. I am a John Goodman fan. I am. And I am not Who's that other guy? That's um, he's always Adam Devine. Yeah, I'm not too into him usually, but he's like my favorite character in this show. He's very good. He's so I I read a review that said that well Adam Devine is much subdued from his normal self, and I don't like it, but I think it's fantastic. It's a miracle he's doing so well. It's a miracle. Yeah, because it's yeah the righteous gemstones. Yeah. they need a miracle. So. So that's what we're watching. That what have we done otherwise? What, are you, what have you been up to? Nothing. That's not true. What have I been up to? Playing Borderlands 3? Yeah. I'm, we're not going to... This isn't a video game podcast. You don't have one anymore. You can talk about it now if you want. I have one. It's just been on done sabbatical it a, for... A year and a half. Not a year and a half, but a while. It's been a while. I uh, miss it, but that's just me. I don't know. I miss it too. Life happens. That's true. Anyway, Borderlands 3 is amazing, um, but only if you like Borderlands 1 and 2. Which I don't think people would be like, you know what? I hated Borderlands 1 and 2. I'm going to pick up Borderlands 3. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people out there who are like, I was trying to give this one a chance, even though I didn't like Borderlands 1 and 2. But don't do that. Yeah, why would? Yeah, That people, doesn't make any sense. People are dumb. That would, if, be like if I, that would be like if I was like, I hated Child's Play 1, I hated Child's Play 2, but I'm going to go and see Child's Play 3 in the movie theater. I like Child's Play 1. I did too. I think I like Child's Play 2. Remember when we tried to watch those last year and we yeah. like cycled through all of them before we finally gave up and we were like, I don't think we're watching these tonight. Yeah. 
Anyway, what have you been up to, Tanya? Uh, working and um, that's about it. Working and reading a lot of cozy mysteries and listening to Steven Universe. And I went to the gym with my friend today and that was very fun. We're a bundle of fun. We are a bundle of fun. Oh, so, update, we are going to Philly in December. Just yes, an we update. Are. We are. Uh, and we watch Boy Meets World. And we watch Boy Meets World. Season 2, episode 22. Uh, this one was directed by D-Train, David Trainer. Oh, I like that. I know. I don't know why it took me 22 episodes to figure that shit out. D-Train. I know. Good job. I know. I was writing David Trainer, except I wrote... Yeah, he has D. like a shorthand that only he can understand on his notes. So like I can't read his notes and understand them because he shortens things so you know that why? they That's so when the aliens come and they read all my notes <laughs> and stuff, they're like, damn, gonna have to listen to that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so they couldn't take over your podcast. Maybe. But they definitely they will have to pretend to be you they, and do your podcast for you. They also definitely couldn't just read my notes and be like, Okay, don't need to listen. We get those extra downloads now. That's true. I wonder if there's aliens in Montana. Take that shit, aliens. Didn't write that in my notes, did I, Bullzork? They don't know. They couldn't read it. Right. That was the point. Oh. Bullzork. Bullzork? That's the alien's name. Uh-huh. So, well, they don't use their mouth. It's more like of a guttural sound. Let's not make that sound, please. Nope. <laughs> no. Please don't do it. So it was directed by D-Train. It was written by, and this one was a little tricky. The My normal go-to didn't have the writer on it. So I went to the IMDB for the episode, and the IMDB is just whack. Like, it's, they listed um, April Kelly as a writer, but she did not write this episode. She was just, she was a co-creator of the series. It was written by, I believe, Jeff Minnell and Matthew Nelson, but... Could you see it on the credits i could have if i had remembered and i definitely made that a point to remember that and forgot and i never look for it so yeah uh so blurb me up bullzork gladly season two episode 22 career day Corey thinks he gets the short straw when he has to go to the county waterworks to participate in career day but learns how heroic a county worker can be that's the blurb. It is. So what happens in this episode? Let's get started. I'm going to let you lead the whole episode since he never goes to a county thing or Why? does county stuff. You must have missed that part. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me the whole episode. Classroom or not, Alden? Not. What? <laughs> They're in the classroom. It's English room. It's, it's English room. English room. It's Why Mr. Turner. are they having career day in English? When else would they have it? homeroom or i mean homeroom doesn't count as a, like a class but like english what else would they have it in i don't know social studies maybe but probably not like it wouldn't Facts. make doesn't make sense in any class hmm i never thought about it until i asked the question yeah anyway so tell me the whole episode come on so we open up in the classroom and Alden's doing yoga right now. He's got his eyes closed and he's sitting. She thinks tea. closing your eyes is yoga. <laughs> that's that's where we're at. <laughs> I think that's why I'm bad at yoga. <laughs> um, so we're in the classroom and Mr. Turner is 
uh, well, actually, Corey and Sean are talking about the fact that it's career day. And Sean's like, oh, your dad's here. That's great. And Corey's like, this is not great. Like, he's a grocer. I'm the son of a grocer. And Sean's like, it's going to be great. And Alan's saying, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try this stuff out on you. Like, do you know how many types of rice there are? Hey, and- Mr. Turner. <laughs> he was just trying to get to the school before his part. Mm-hmm. Um. And so Alan's like testing out his talk on the boys and Corey's just like, oh no, oh no, this is going to be very bad. And Mr. Turner comes over and he's like, it's so good to see you. This is going to be great. And then starts his presentation. He's like, all right, guys, like the first parent up for career day is Jedediah Lawrence. Jedediah Lawrence, who have we seen Jedediah before? I think we saw him in season one for a minute. We did not see him, no. Okay. We've heard about him. We have heard about him. And I will be talking about this. Okay. Because in the second episode, third, no, it was the third episode of the first season when Topanga, or I don't know, it was at the beginning of the first season. It was within the first few episodes. Topanga talks about her parents and she calls them Jedediah and I can't remember what her mom's name was. Mamacita. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. No, I thought you had something valuable to add there, and I was very disappointed. Bullzork. It was no, but anyway. Um, so she calls them by the first name. So we heard about them. Yes. We also heard what Jedediah did for a living in those episodes. What was it? I don't know. You tell me. I don't remember. Really? Yeah. So this. This was like, oh, I guess this is what he is. No, I knew that it was different from season one. And I know there's a lot that changes. Like, this dude doesn't even play Jedediah every time. But go ahead. Um, He owned a health food store. Oh, that's right. Because they fought up against... The baseball game. The baseball game. Yep. They thought... The father-son baseball game. Yeah, they beat up on Corey's dad's team. Yep. And now he's a luthier. A luthier, you say? I'm not even, I'm more of a Presbyterian myself. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Sean was being peak Sean. He's going through a lot. Also. And kids are get more and more obnoxious the more they're going but through. Mr. Turner called him on his shit because Mr. Turner was like, um, we're going to do a vocation, like we're going to see what vocation you might want to be when you grow up. And Sean raised his hand and he goes, let me guess, Mr. Hunter, summer vocation? Yeah. Get some new material. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. Um. So, Jedediah starts talking about how he's a luthier. Jedediah is in the monkeys. Well, he's <laughs> Jedediah's not. The guy Pete's pl- in the monkeys. The guy who's playing him. Pete from the monkeys is playing Jedediah, and Alan's over in That's the my corner. Favorite song. <laughs> Pete from the monkeys is playing Jedediah. <laughs> uh, Alan's over in the corner, getting mm. more and more like frazzled over the fact that like. The students are obviously interested in what Jedediah has well, to be- say because Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. has bought guitars from Jedediah. Last night he bought a guitar from Jedediah. Yeah. And Topanga answered the phone and Topanga said that he called and he was just like, little girl, can you put your dad on the phone, please? Back off, Bruce. Yeah. Also, Topanga, please stop saying daddy. She just says daddy a lot. Like, Even though she doesn't call her dad daddy. She calls him Jedediah. Yeah. I... Yeah. I mean, I know that there are people, like, if you call your dad daddy and you're an adult or in high school, okay, just don't do it around me, please. 
Wow. <laughs> She's so judgmental about things that don't matter. Um, it's true. I'm really sorry. Just edit that out. Nope. It just makes me uncomfortable when Topanga's like, Daddy. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. There there are some people that I've heard do it that I'm like, eh, it's whatever. But then there's other people who it just seems like, because it's the way. It's like, Daddy. Like, yeah, like, why do you want to seem like a small child? You're in right. high school. But I've heard, like, um, grown women who are just, like, quiet. Like, they don't, I think it's the inflection. Like, they're just like, okay, Daddy. You're like, it's not as weird. Or, like, if it's, they're talking about their dad and they're just like, well, my daddy, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's not the same. Right. Um, As the, it almost seems like an attention thing. Like, they're using the word daddy to get their father's attention in a infantile way. Yeah. Anyway, so Jedediah was talking about how he could make instruments and mm-hmm. he makes guitars. And Alan is rolling his eyes and, and he's, like, he's, oh, well, you can make them. But can you play them? And then Jedediah is like, let me show you how I can play them, though. My real love is playing them. And then just like goes to town on the guitar because he's... He's an actual rock he's star. Pete, what's his name from the monkeys? Right. Pete, what's Pete's... What's his uh-huh. name? You looked it up. I didn't write it down. <laughs> okay. So Pete, what's his name, starts playing the guitar. The only monkey that I know the whole name is Davy Jones. Mickey Dolans. You remember Mickey Dolans. I don't. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Pete's, um, well, Jedediah's playing the guitar, going crazy with it, and Alan's getting so nervous. And this was so relatable for me now in my adult life. It's so relatable to me, too. As a kid, I super didn't, like, this didn't cross my mind. I was empathetic towards Corey, where you're like, oh, no, my dad's going to come up and embarrass me. But as an adult now, as a 30-whatever-year-old man that I am, I would be so nervous to get in front of my kid's class and talk about what I do for a living. Right. And, like, not that many people have jobs that are exciting. Like, it's just not a thing. Like, what would you say? I work in parts. Like, you have stress and stuff, but, like, you can't explain it in a way that makes it sound like it's exciting. I think right now what I'm doing is cool enough that I could skate by on a career day. Maybe. But there definitely have been times when... I mean, early on in like kindergarten and whatever, Aubrey had career days and she'd be like, can you go? And I would go, oh, no, I can't make it that day. But it wasn't even like I tried. It was just... Yeah, you would have been the pizza guy. No, like I'm not going to get... That's cool, I guess, to the kids. They would have loved it. Sure. But then I'm standing next to Mm -hmm. 10 different parents who are like really cool and do whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I deliver pizza or whatever. I, I definitely want to talk about this point a little bit later, too. Like, once we're in closing arguments, because I think we need to get through the whole thing um, to really... Oh, I'm sorry for derailing your podcast. You told me to take it by the reins. <laughs> Go ahead, then. I'm backing off again. I'm doing yoga. My eyes are closed. No, I mean, like, you can talk about it now, but I'm just saying we're going to get back to it because I have a lot of... Well, I just... Watching Alan in this scene made me feel so like anxious for him Mm -hmm. but just reminded me of feeling that way when I felt like what am I even doing with my life you know yes exactly like okay anyway I I want to bring it up more later because I think we need to get through and and see how he handles everything before I say anything else go ahead I'm yoga okay so the next 
The next person that they bring up is Alan. He doesn't want to be next. He's like, please don't let me be next. Please don't let me be next. And Mr. Turner is just like, okay, well, Alan's next. It was, it, it, it kind of all like drove home what, what they were all feeling at once because as he's about to go up, Corey goes, he's toast, he's toast. And Sean goes, he's toast, he's toast. And it cuts to Alan and he's going, I'm toast. Did he close his eyes? Was he doing yoga? I think so. Oh my. Yeah. He was trying to center himself. Yeah. Um, so he gets up there and Mr. Turner is like, now he's got a really exciting job. I'm sure that you think that it's all about what different kinds of rice there are in the grocery store. But I'm sure Alan can tell you lots of exciting things about his job. And Alan's speech included how many kinds of rice there were. So he crumples up the note card and throws it behind him. And he's trying to pick pieces out of it, out of his notes to like figure out what to say. And it's just bad. And they do like a cut scene. So it makes it seem like he was there from like dawn to dusk. And then he's like handing out coupons to all the, he's like, who didn't get a coupon? If I had been a kid in that class, I would have been on that coupon. Like, that would have been amazing. And then, so he's done. And he's just, I mean, Corey is embarrassed and everyone's asleep. It's just really obvious that he bored them. And then a guy comes in and well, he's Mr. Loud. Turner says to Alan, he walks over to him and whispers, that took guts. Yeah. Like... He's letting him know, like, yeah, that kind of sucked, but it is what it is. Right. Yeah. It Through this episode, all I can think is, it's like, when we're not watching, are Mr. Turner and Alan, like, friends outside of what we're seeing? Because they have such a really nice camaraderie that... Do you mean, like, the actors? No. The characters. The characters. I think we see that start to build this episode. Mm. I feel like after this, maybe... This seemed like a moment where it was like, you know what? This is a pretty cool dude. Let's yeah, hang like out. Where, yeah, like where you're like, I didn't know I liked this person very much. But yeah, like I think this could be my new best friend. When I'm not making out with Miss Tompkins, I want to go <laughs> hang out with Alan. Um, but so Alan's done. This guy comes in. And he's loud. And we all know that parent. Like he's loud and boisterous and he gets the kids awake again and He's kind of acting kind of crazy, and everyone's just like, who is this? And Sean's like... Sean's like, Dad, why are you here? Yeah. And he's like, it's career day. I'm here for... It's career day. day. So, um, Chet Hunter is... I am Chet Hunter. Is Alden, uh, Sean's dad. Alden is Sean's dad (laughs) right now. You're being Chet Hunter. Excuse me. That's daddy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was chet hunter i think i just fired myself from the podcast um so sean is kind of like oh goodness gracious this is too much uh chet hunter is played by someone that everybody has seen at least once in their life mm-hmm. if you've ever seen an adam sandler movie he is in every single adam sandler movie known to man um he was i think in like almost every sitcom at least one or two episodes during this time. Mm-hmm. I can never remember his name, but he's like not John Goodman, John Goodman. <laughs> what? He's like he's like not on par with John Goodman, but almost John Goodman. 
He looks like a Harry. Is his name Harry? I don't know what his name is. It's Harry Styles. It is not Harry Styles. Uh, Blake Clark, actually, He does Tanya. not look like a Blake. That's Who true. named that guy Blake? They didn't name him when he was an adult. People named people Blake way back when he was born? <laughs> You're so judgmental this week. I'm very sorry. Um, but yeah, he was in a thousand things. He was the, uh, the hardware store guy. Wait, what did you say you thought he looked like? Harry? He looked like a Harry. His name was Harry in Home Improvement. Oh, that might be why. Yeah. Because he was like friends with Tim. Yeah. So I, we saw him a lot in that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Anyway, he was in a lot, and he plays Sean. Now I'm just looking up Blake Clark facts. He was good friends with um, Jim Varney. Okay. I don't. That doesn't matter, but they were both in Toy Story. Uh-huh. Okay, cool story. <laughs> so he is Sean's dad, Chet. He was the first lieutenant in the Army. Okay. Okay, going, what else? Going. No, no, you go on. Please, Wikipedia it up. Uh, he's married. He's his wife's name is Sharon, Blake and Sharon. Blake and Sharon. What's his last name? Clark. Sharon Clark. Hmm. Wow, what a picture. Yeah, that is a picture. We can't talk about <laughs> pictures on the podcast. All right. So, anyways. Anywho. Chet is. I need the yoga. I need to center myself. Chet is a classic, like. He they wrote this so well and he played it so well. He played the bullshitter so to a well, tea. and it made me so uncomfortable because of the people in my life that I have known that were that person. Well, and it and it played out just like I watch happen. Like yeah. there are guys at work who I was talking to somebody at work last week, like because we have a mutual uh, colleague who is a bullshitter, like. And he's so good at it that we watch him like bullshit his way through things, and everyone just kind of be like, "All right, well, everyone be like, everyone be like, everyone be like, it is what it like, you know, where they just kind of give up, like brute force, and they just kind of give up, and that person doesn't deal with any repercussions, yeah, Yeah. because that bullshitter just like bullshitted them around in a circle to where they were just like, all right, cool, got it, never mind. But I know in that situation, I would go, oh, oh, well, I'm sorry I messed up. And then I would get in trouble. Right. But this bullshitter came through and was just like, well, remember back in the... um, the 70s there was that thing that happened and and we we learned from that and there was the company that took over for them and then at that point you're just like uh, i'm done i give up yeah chet hunter is that guy yeah and very good at it yes so he comes in and he's like what do i do what do i do sean cory says sean what does your dad do and sean goes shh i want to find out Um, he's just like, what do I do? You know, there's people like, uh, Jedediah who make music and put, put instruments together and, and bring people together through music. And then there's people who put America's food on the table like Alan. And then, you know, there's me. 
I'm an, I'm an idea man. I come up with the ideas. Do you know? Years ago. Years ago, I had a plan to make a 24-7 news channel. And Topanga's is like, you invented CNN? And he's like, yes. That's what I called it. Chet News Network. <laughs> and so everyone's riveted. Like, they are listening to every word he says. And, like, without even blinking, he goes, you microwave your food? You're welcome. Like, he's mm-hmm. saying he invented CNN and the microwave, and they are hanging on his every word. And you can see Mr. Turner kind of like rolling his eyes. He's dealt with this kind of stuff before. He's a smart guy. Corey turns to Sean and he says, wow, your dad's got great stories. And Sean goes, yeah, great stories. Yeah. Um, Before this episode, like, yes, we've had some times where like, oh, Sean, like, we know that he's going through stuff, but he's also so obnoxious that it's just like, I can't, I don't feel like I have a heart for you right now. This, it changes completely in this episode. And I think we've all, in our childhoods, we knew that kid who dealt with his tough times by becoming more and more outlandishly obnoxious and like portraying themselves as like, cool, cool, cool. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And... Ryder Strong does a really, really good job of just ripping my heart to shreds in this episode. Yeah, but right now, everyone's kind of on board with the fact that they think Chet is amazing. Right, but he's already, like, sitting there, like, I can't, like, he's yeah. upset already. Yeah. He is visibly upset already. Um, So I think next we go to the cafeteria. Go to the cafeteria, and it's Eric. Eric and Jason. Eric and Jason. They're talking about SATs, mm-hmm. and Jason's talking about how much they need to study and all of this stuff, and Eric's Eric, like... Eric says he's been studying so hard that he he's turned off all of his other senses. He's in the SAT zone, and while he's saying that, he dumps his soup in his own lap and, and just, just keeps, keeps talking. eating and drinking, and Jason's just, like, staring at him, yeah. and he's like, what? And Jason says, uh, Eric, you, you spilled your soup in your lap. And Eric looks down and goes, <gasps> Because apparently it's hot. He didn't feel the heat until that moment. Yeah. It was five minutes. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, so Eric's, the pressure is on Eric for studying for SAT so much that he has lost every functionality of his body. Like, he just can't handle life right now. Other than vocabulary words. Right. Which he hasn't even really gotten yet. Not yet. But we'll see some Spoiler. Yeah. That's my word of the day. But then it... Great vocabulary. Thank you. Um, But then it cuts over to Corey and Sean sitting there. And Corey's Mm -hmm. lamenting how embarrassed he is about his dad and his dad. What does he say about the the baseball? Oh, that was... uh, Alan says that later. No, he says this first. Corey, Corey says, you know, you remember that game where this happens, this happens, and this happens... I wish I was his son right now. Oh, really? And Alan yeah. says the same thing yeah. later? Spoiler. And You spoiled it. <laughs> and Sean is like, yeah, well, at least your dad was, you know. Your dad was here. He told the truth. Like, it was a real thing. And Corey was like, your dad was fantastic. What are you talking about? And he was like, I don't even know. Like, we live in a trailer. We live mm-hmm. in a trailer. We don't have anything. Like, he didn't do these things. And as they're talking, Chet walks into the cafeteria with Mr. Feeney. And Mr. Feeney is just like 
flustered in a way you've never seen him. Like he usually yeah. can hold his own and Chet has put him into like a tailspin and he's just like, you are not George Feeney. And he's like, he's like, well, I parked in George Feeney's spot, so I must be George Feeney. It's nice to meet you. I'm George Feeney. And like Mr. Feeney is getting so upset just more and more. He's like, you are. You are going to be escorted off the ground, sir. What are you even doing here? This is a place to learn. It is a place for the kids. What are you doing here? And Sean gets up and he's just like, um, that's my dad. Well, no, he says, oh. Mr. Feeney, we need to talk. And Chet goes, okay. And Mr. Feeney says, okay. And Chet goes, you're Mr. Feeney you're Mr. too? You're Mr. Feeney. Yeah, he says, you're Mr. Feeney too. And Mr. Feeney goes, I'm Mr. Feeney one. <laughs> um... But Sean basically is like, that's my dad. And he's like, oh, okay. But like, Mr. Feeney is intimidated. He is. But then he turns to Chet after he finds out that Sean's his son. And he says, oh, Mr. Hunter, we are so proud of your boy. And Chet goes, I'm surprised to hear you say that. And Mr. Feeney says, I'm surprised to say it. And <laughs> walks away because he's so flustered. Yes. Um. Oh, I forgot to mention something very important about when Corey and Sean are talking about Alan's presentation. Corey's like, my dad's always going to be known as the guy who's best friends with a cantaloupe. And you pan over to this little asshole who is eating a half a cantaloupe <laughs> in the school cafeteria. How do you get a half a cantaloupe into the school cafeteria? Also, this kid is supposed to be like a shithead but he has eaten a, ca- a cantaloupe like when have you seen like the skull bully just like you pan over to him and he's just like fucking smirking and eating a cantaloupe like yeah well <laughs> he's like look Corey, i'm eating your dad's best friend yeah and it's very funny but he's like our kids take fruit to school can you imagine if aubrey just like wrapped up a half of a cantaloupe and yeah. took it to school yeah i mean like what are you doing and they barely have time to eat their lunches as it is can you imagine if there was a half a cantaloupe in that? Like, yeah. And he's just like casually scooping it with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Chet's there now and he is in the school cafeteria surrounded by all of these kids, peers of his son. Mm-hmm. And he is just like, all right, Sean, we need to talk. They don't leave the cafeteria. No. In the middle of everyone, he says, did you kiss your mom this morning? And Sean says, yeah, why? And he says, good, because that's the last time you're going to kiss her for a while. She left. And Sean is like, um, she does that all the time. And he's like, well, this time she took the house. And Corey interjects something in this, which, like, I feel like in other shows or in, in situations where they just didn't want to move the scene... It would just be like everybody's oblivious around them. But Corey is hearing this Band-Aid get ripped off of Sean in the middle of the cafeteria, in the school, in the middle of the school day. This guy came to the school to tell him that his mom left. Like, what a shithead. Yep. But he's that kind of, like, that's the thing that that kind of guy would do. I know. It was, oh, oh, my heart. I still can't handle it. Like, it was so awful. And... So he leaves. He's like, I'm going to go see if I can find her. You need to come with me. And Sean's like, I can't just leave school. Like, I'm a student. I'm a kid. I have to be here. And he's like, oh, come on. You can skip. Like, come with me. And so as Sean is about to leave, Corey's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, why wouldn't I be? And he's like, "Um, 
And he's like, oh, you mean because my mom left? Yeah, it'll be fine. We'll find her and it'll be fine. I'm fine. And I think we go to the kitchen now. Yep. I'll let you talk a little bit. I feel bad. I feel bad. Yeah, we go to the kitchen, but I don't want to talk about Eric's scenes again. It's Eric and he's... Eric is just coming undone. He's like, he's he's like, oh, I'm so stressed out for these tests. Like, I just feel so stiff and I can't even walk normal. It just, my shoulders hurt. And Alan goes, uh, son, come here. You have a coat hanger in your shirt. And like pulls it out. And Eric goes, what a magic trick. And then he takes his jacket off and his shirt's all ripped up and like has yeah, holes in it. I don't know it. what is happening and Alan is like, what is going on? And he's like, it's just, you know, I'm stressed about SATs and I don't even know if I want to go to college. You didn't go to college. And Alan goes, you know why you need to go to college? So you don't go to your son's career day and stand up there and tell people, yeah, I am a grocer. And Eric is completely oblivious to this and ridiculous. But that was such a heartfelt thing to say. Like, mm-hmm. And I don't know that as kids we would, I don't know that as kids we would have no. even thought anything anything more of it. Like we wouldn't have had an emotional connection to no. that moment. It, it was sandwiched into, I don't know that I would have had this like emotional connection if I hadn't gone through the same thing thinking like, what am, like, who am I? I'm not even doing anything that's exciting. Like there were right. times where I've said the same thing to you and you're like, well, you provide for the family and you do very well. Um, right. But I think we both, we struggle with feeling like people around us. I mean, it's really hard to remember that everyone is at a different stage and things fluctuate and things change. And like people who were doing really, really well five years ago are moving back in with their parents because things have taken a turn and it's different. And like everything fluctuates and changes but in the moment it's really hard not to compare yourself with other parents and think am i am i doing as well as they are as a parent am i doing am i doing the most for my family like where is where did i go wrong that this is what i'm doing and am i providing enough or like anything and am i setting a good example like it's it's rough yeah, but this this four minute conversation we just had was an emotion that took place in two seconds. Yeah, sandwiched in between Eric talking about his holy shirt, and then <laughs> holy shirt, and then um, walking over to the stove and put his hand putting his hand on the hot stove because he's like, I can get by on street smarts and intelligence or something like that. And he touches the hot stove, screams and and runs upstairs, runs upstairs. Amy walks in the room and she goes, what just happened? And Alan says, "Uh, Eric put his hand on the stove. And they don't go check on him. Like I get because grown up, but because Amy says again and he says, yeah. And then Eric from upstairs goes, She's like, my bad. I left the iron on. This guy has burns all over his body. And they not, they're they not checking on him. They're just like, nah, okay. But because it's happened so often that they're I just like, well, whatever. Aubrey has skinned her knee a thousand times. You still check on it. And if it's gushing blood, you help her take care of it. It's True. just, I don't know. It was like, they're, 
they're burns. He put his hand on the <laughs> stove and the iron. Yeah, but like I think the point there is Eric is so dumb that he does this stuff all the time. Yeah, so this is the episode. I don't know how it's going to go after this, but this is like the dumbening down of Eric. Previously, we've had moments where like Eric's a, he's an intelligent person. He's just a different intelligence than Corey. And now we're getting the dumbening. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We actually know how it goes and it gets dumber and dumber. But um, it's so we'll talk about it a lot more. But it's sad to watch it happen knowing how it goes. It is. And like I get this episode, they used Eric as the comic relief. Yeah. Because it was a very big topic, like a deep topic. And they knew that they needed comic relief, something slapstick that would kind of get younger people out of their own heads about it um yeah but there's so much more to go and we're only halfway through the episode it's okay we're good so (laughs) it's gonna be the longest eric is getting burned alive upstairs and um amy and alan sit down at the table they're talking to each other and she's just like how did career day go and he's like i don't know like I tried, but I do want to bring up my favorite line of the the whole episode, and it was Eric. Uh, We missed it. Oh, mine too. Because when they walked in, um, Eric was with Jason, and they were like using huge words, Mm -hmm. using very. I don't remember. I should have written some of them down. Um, just like vociferous and blah blah blah. I knew you were gonna say vociferous because that's the one everybody. That's what everybody uses. It's what you use. And um, they were. Uh, Jason was saying something about some some big word, and Eric goes, "Yeah, how about shut up?" No, he's like, he's like, "Oh, did you learn?" He's like, "How do you know all these big words, but you don't know no, shut up?" That, so earlier in that scene, he says, "Shut up," and then all the stuff happens, and then Jason makes some sort of comment, and Eric goes, "You know all these big words, but you didn't know how to shut up." <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I can't believe I glossed over that one. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. So Amy is talking to Alan about how career day went. And he's like, I, you know, I had a rough past and I tried so hard to become like a model family man, taking care of my family, doing everything right, everything I was supposed to do that I moved into being boring and it sucks. And she's like, you're not boring. Like, would I have married you if you were boring? And he says... I guess so. <laughs> but um, it's just, he's really beating himself up. And Amy's just like, I'm sure Corey is going to be down here anytime to tell you how excited he was that you did career day and how good of a job you did. And Corey comes down and they just sort of look over at him and he... Is just like, uh, hey, dad, has Sean caught it all? And he's like, no, is everything okay? And he's like, uh, his mom left today. And Alan goes, oh, hasn't she done that before? Like, it's... I mean, they know. Like, he's been best friends with Sean for forever. Sure, but I think even, like, if we knew somebody who was always breaking up like that, we wouldn't be so flippant about it to be like eh she leaves all the time because it would still hurt the kid every time yeah i agree like it's still even if she leaves all the time that kid is probably going to be very upset about this it every episode, time though, they definitely even though it's a deep it's a deep topic they definitely try to make light of like they don't it's not like dun 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 she yeah. left like they definitely try to make it more flippant and i think they had to 
Um, well, it's about to get saucy, though. Uh, saucy? Yeah, it's about to get saucy. It's dicey. It's getting dark yes. in Mr. Turner's apartment. It's very dark in Mr. Turner's apartment. He, it's so dark, he's lighting candles. Yeah. He's maybe, lighting candles around his apartment. Maybe he didn't pay the power bill. Or maybe... He's about to pay the smooching bill. He's about to pay the smooching bill. Maybe. Miss Tompkins we'll in there. She's looking very cute tonight. She is. Um, I feel like she looks younger in this episode than she has in past episodes. I don't know. She looks very cute, and they're having an in like a a date in the apartment. Um, they've had dinner, and they're getting comfy on the couch. And Mr. Turner gets woke AF in 1995, right? And says, "Here we are, two consenting adults consenting, like." what yeah did we just not know what that meant like did we just not i think we knew what it meant it just i don't remember people talking about consent as much as they do in this show well this show we've talked about thinks about things in a in a logical way yeah a lot and i think in a way that we didn't think a lot about in shows at that point but again like we keep talking about back then and now, I don't think shows now talk about consent like that no. as very often. No, and I, the way that they do it is almost like a subliminal message to kids. It's an adult saying to consenting adults, to consenting adults, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, so even when I'm an adult, it needs to be consensual. Right. Like, and I really wonder if because I watched this show so much and so intently when I was a kid, mm-hmm. like some of that didn't get through to me in a way that it didn't get through to other people. Right. And this is an episode that's kind of pivotal. And so remembering the episode in general, I think that that line would be more impactful because it's in an episode that is remembered. I So when I was younger, because of this episode, because of remembering this episode so vividly, like there were times... So Chet calls... Sean, Shawnee. Shawnee. The whole time. And there are times throughout the show that Corey calls him Shawnee here and there. But... Why would he call him Shawnee here and there? <laughs> Zing. You're so annoying. <laughs> um, But what I was saying was, like, because of this episode... I thought of him as Shawnee sometimes. Like, I didn't think of him as Sean as much as I thought of him as Shawnee because this episode stuck in my brain so, like, so much. Um, I can't think of big words. I didn't take my SATs. That's fine. We got, we're 40 minutes into this bad boy. Really? Yeah. Wow. We've got so much left. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Okay. So, they're on the couch. They're two consenting adults, but... Knock, knock, knock. Oh, wait. No, Miss Tompkins. She wants to. She, she needs a DTR. She wants to DTR and define the relationship. And Everyone knows what DTR means. There are definitely people out there who don't know what DTR means. So, knock, th- knock, knock. I think we need to DTR. Yeah. Over. What? <laughs> We're married. Over. Over married? Yeah. Anyway, what are we talking about? Let's go. Let's knock, go. knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. Sean walks on the door to interrupt the DTR. And Mr. Turner is relieved. Johnny is relieved. Johnny is relieved, sort of, but he says, I didn't plan this. And But he's still relieved. <clears throat> he walks to the door. He does not want a DTR. He doesn't. He knocks. He walks to the door, opens the door. Sean's there. 
he's like, Sean, what are you doing here? And Sean's like, oh, look at you guys. You're getting together after school. Like, uh, you, oh. And he's like, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't think you guys had lives outside of school. And, um... But Mr. Turner does not want to go back to the conversation. So he's like, what's up? What can I do for you? You want to come in? Blah, blah, blah. And Miss Tompkins is leaving. And he and Sean's like, no, 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 you should stay. We can we can chill. And she's just like, eh, another time. She doesn't seem concerned that this kid has shown up at the teacher's door at all. She kisses Mr. Turner on the cheek and says, we will talk later. And mm-hmm. he goes, talk? And she says, yeah. Um. So she walks out, and Mr. Turner's like, what in the world are you doing at this hour? Like, So it must be pretty late. Right. Um, and he's like, oh, well, uh, I was just up the road, and I was thinking, when are we going to start reading Forrest Hemingway? I've heard he's really good. And Mr. Turner's just like, next year. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, you needed to come here at this time of the night to tell me that? Where are you staying? While your mom has your house. Right. And Sean says, I'm staying at the motel, blah, blah, blah. And Mr. Turner goes, the one down on 7th? Are you sure you're going to be safe there? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I already paid the guy $5. To oh, because Mr. Cable. Turner says, why don't you just stay here? And he says, I already paid $5 to turn on the cable. And Mr. Turner goes, yeah, I got cable here, too. Right. Um. So this is not a small town that they live in. They right. live in Philadelphia. They right. live in a city that has... Some really good parts, but every city has really seedy parts. And apparently down on 7th is a seedy area. And this kid who's in 7th grade is alone. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um. So Mr. Turner is, I mean, he's obviously concerned. He's like, hey, you want some food? Here you go. And Sean's starving and he's just like woofing down the food and... Mr. Turner's talking to him about the motel and everything. Well, he and walks into the kitchen and is like cleaning up while he's talking. And the camera pans over to Mr. Turner and does that like. Where you can only see him. So like, cuts knew, off the rest. You knew something was going well, on. When he had told Sean that he could go make himself comfortable on the couch with his food so he could watch cable. Because mm-hmm. that seemed to be what was important to him. And he's just like talking and talking. And he's like, yeah, you can stop by anytime if you're staying that close. Like we can hang out. We can watch TV. It'll be fine. And he's like, okay, Sean? And nothing. And he looks over. And sweet little baby angel Sean is sound asleep on the couch with a gigantic casserole dish in his lap. And Mr. Turner says, I talk, he sleeps. It's just like class. And it was very cute. And Mr. Turner comes over. And like I said, like three episodes ago, like his paternal instinct with Sean is just there. Like it's just there. He puts a blanket over him and he kind of like looks down at him like, okay, like he's safe. He's okay. Um, And the next morning. Mr. Feeney's yard. Mr. Feeney's yard. Sorry, (laughs) you wanted to talk? No, I'm good. No, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, we go to Mr. Feeney's yard. Sean, I mean, Sean, uh, Mr. Turner is talking to Mr. Feeney about everything that happened the night before. And Mr. Feeney is like, you need to be careful. There's a fine line between being there for someone and being a teacher you need to be a teacher right and you can't get too involved because this is a student right and mr turner says okay what would you do then like tell me what you would do and mr feeney's like i don't know because mr feeney does love sean too like Mm -hmm. he's concerned about him as well and he they've said like 
it, this is a bad situation. And Alan comes out. And so Mr. Turner says, like, I, I brought him to the Matthews house. That's why I'm here. So mm-hmm. I guess he dropped him off at Corey's and then went over to Mr. Feeney's to talk to him about the situation and kind of get some advice from him. Yeah. And Alan comes out and says something to them. And they're like, hey, you know, great job on career day. I really appreciate that. That couldn't have been easy for you. And Alan says, yeah, no, anytime. Anytime you want to just, you know, the kids are getting a a little out of line. You want me to come over and put them to sleep. And Mr. Feeney says, try doing it for 40 years, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just a really cool, like, three three adult friend moment. Yes. Like, we're all just camaraderie. And camaraderie? Then, yeah, camaraderie. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah, thanks. You scored high on your SATs. Thanks. I hope I didn't forget about the other part. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then we see Amy come to the door and she is not okay. Yeah. She's, she's like, Alan, I need you inside. And he says, okay, I'll be in in a minute. And she says, no, no I need you now. And it's obvious that this is not the usual. Like, her sense of urgency is scary. And he and says, what's wrong? And she says, Chet Hunter is in our living room. And Mr. Turner pull, pushes his sleeves up and is like, may I come with you? I need to have a few words with him. Mm-hmm. So in they go. And Chet Hunter is just talking around the whole time. Like, oh, thanks so much. And we see Corey upstairs with Sean. They're, like, throwing a ball back and forth. and. Oh. I do want to point out, as they were walking away first, Mr. Feeney says, remember, that's a fine line. And then it cuts to the Corey's room where they're talking, where Sean and Corey are talking. And Sean's like, or Corey says, are you sure you're going to be okay there at the motel? And Sean says, yeah, they have cable there. And Corey says, yeah, we got cable here. And Sean goes, not, not like, that not like this place. Yeah. I can't even imagine porn. being in seventh grade and just having access to porn like that. It would have been like, I don't know what I would have done. Watched porn a lot. But, you like... Would have watched so much of it all night long. It would have been so weird. Um, I mean, there there were kids that we knew that had, knew. had Cinemax and HBO in their rooms because that was the cable package that their parents had. It's true. We knew kids who had porn every night. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, But bef- also before they walk in the house... Mr. Feeney says, Chet Hunter's kind of scary. Like, he's so... This is the first person I have seen him be actually intimidated by. Yeah. Normally, Um, Mr. Feeney would have walked over there with him. He did not follow them along this time. No, he didn't. And I kind of expected him to, but he did not. Um, And I think that says a lot for the kind of person that Chet Hunter is, because I am intimidated by people but I'm not intimidated by alcoholics because of the fact that I've dealt with them a lot. And he portrays an alcoholic. His mannerisms and the way he talks is he's your neighborhood loud alcoholic. Well, and and Mr. Feeney can't handle him because he just keeps going and going and going Mm -hmm. at 100%, 100 miles an hour. And Mr. Feeney can't interject anything. And can't um, can't outpower him. Like there's no, he can't wait it out. There's, right. There's like he would with most people, where he would outsmart them. You can't because it's just this wall of 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 mm-hmm. energy coming at you, and you just can't. Yeah. Outlast it. Yeah, definitely. So um, they go in the house. Sean and Corey are talking, 
And, you know, Sean's trying to get Corey to come stay at the motel with him as if that, I mean, maybe that would have been a possibility, but it would have been crazy. Um, but Chet is just like, he's doing his thing like 100%. I've said yeah. 115 times. I've said crazy 115 and, times. But he's he's doing it like I've seen it a thousand times yeah. and this or a hundred times. This is like, so this is where you I saw a lot of alcoholic tendencies he's rubbing his hands together over and over and over and over and over again and he's like repeating his what he's asking over and over and over again and he's like over affectionate with Sean Mm -hmm. in a way that he's not like it's obvious that that's not how he is normally so he's like grabbing Sean and like hugging him and being like when he says well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually here to talk to you, Adam. It was Adam, right? Or we're friends, right, Adam? And Sean goes, oh, I thought maybe you were here to see me. And he goes, oh, I am, you little Slim Jim, and grabs him and hugs him. And like you're like, yeah. oh, come on. Yeah, it's it's so upsetting. Um, and he, he starts like talking up Alan. Like, yeah, like you're, you're such the, a good guy. You're the heartbeat of America right here. This guy right here. Yes, and it's... I mean, it's obvious that Alan's already weary from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's just like, okay, what what can we like, what can we do for you? And he's like, well, I need I love my wife. My wife is gone and my heart's out there with her. So I'm going to go and get her and bring her back. I need to bring her back for Shawnee. Right. And they're just like, okay. And he's like, so what I'm hoping is Sean can stay here with you. Because like uh, he I want him to be around a good dad and. What if he better could be dad? around me, then I would like him to be around a good dad. Yeah. Um, and I one of the really important things that I saw was one, Amy was the one who answered. Yeah. And she did not answer Chet. She looked at Sean and said, Sean, you are always welcome here. Mm-hmm. And Alan followed suit and said, Yes, Sean, you can stay for as long as you need to stay. They did not address Chet. They were not doing this for Chet. Chet looked at this at this as a favor to him but they were making it very clear they were doing him no favors that they loved his son mm-hmm. and that they were going to be there for him yeah um but i also want to say amy was a part of this and they did not treat it as if amy was a part of this there's a possibility that if amy hadn't spoken first alan was already so weary he might have said like isn't there somewhere else he could go but amy said no sean's staying here maybe I didn't get that indication. I just feel like they were both on the same page. Yeah, that's possible. But they, I mean, it's, I know that the episode is about Alan, really. Alan and Sean. Sure, but they definitely made a point to show that this is a partnership between these two people. I just, they haven't done an episode yet where Amy is applauded for everything that she does and all of the things that she does. And we've had a thousand where Alan is. And a hundred. <laughs> yeah, a hundred. Anyway, so Sean's going to stay and they're like, let's go get your stuff or let's go move your stuff. And Chet's like, haha, it's already moved. And then they're like, moving. Yeah, like we're going to go get a toothbrush. And Alan's like, it's just going to be a couple weeks, right? And he's well, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was about to walk out the door and Alan stopped him like, Chet, real quick. It's only going to be a couple weeks, right? And you could tell it wasn't like... We don't want him We don't here. want him here. It was, you're really going to leave your son for this long? And he says, not even the woman in Texas could keep me away from my boy. What does that even mean? It's just bullshitting. It's a bullshitter bullshitting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he walks out, and Mr. Turner walks over to Alan and says, Alan, uh, I just want you to know, there was one thing that he said that was right, which is so, like, he was so aware that this guy is just spewing bullshit. And he says, but there was one thing he said that was true. You're a great dad. Yeah. It was so sweet. And I just, I want them to be best friends forever. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then, so everybody's out of the living room except for Alan. Alan sits on the side of the couch and he is exhausted. Like life has really just sapped it out of him. It has been a couple days for him. Like woof. And I could feel that weariness. Like, and Corey comes over and he's just like, hey, dad, I never got a chance to thank you for doing career day. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, like any time. And he's like, I all this time, like I thought I was just the son of a grocer, but like I'm your son. And that makes me really proud of you. He says you left out all the important stuff. And that's the stuff you do here after work at home with us. Um, I'm not the son of a grocer. I'm the son of my father. Yeah. Which is, it's a very sweet moment. Um, And that's where I was like, that's really, really sweet. But we have come to terms with the fact that Alan is Superman at least five times. Like, Mm -hmm. and he is, he's a great dad. And he's a great example of what a dad should be. When it comes to juggling, spending time with his kids and actually spending time with them. Like, he's not just, like, in the house with them. Like, he is seeking out time with his kids, seeking out time with his wife. He is working a million hours because in a store, you you don't work 40 hours a week. You work a thousand hours a week. And he is fixing stuff around the house. And he's, you know, he's doing a lot. But are we ever going to get... An episode where Amy is also applauded this way. Why is it always just Alan? Because she obviously is doing a lot too. And she was very much a part of choosing to let Sean stay. And that compassion was there. Like, it was her part as well. I don't know. So, I'm just curious. To know, like, I don't remember whether there was an episode where Amy's applauded for anything. Well, we've got... um, She didn't even get a water gun in season one. We get four more years of podcast to figure that out. (laughs) That's true. Um, At this point, this episode has taken four years, so... We sped it up there. I'm I'm happy. Good. Um, Editing won't be too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh so that's that's it. That's how the episode ends. And then we have... uh, during the credit scene um, where they are um, in the lunchroom. It's Eric and Jason and Jason and Eric. They're just going back and forth with big words. Yeah. And Eric seems way more confident than he had throughout the whole episode. He's eating fine. They're saying crazy words together. And Jason is like, all right, good. And then we got, we definitely have the vocabulary portion down and we'll have to make sure that we get the math too. And Eric is like the what? And Jason says, yeah, it's half math and half verbal. And Eric says, so like half, like 30 to 40 percent. And it's like half, like 50 percent. And Eric all of a sudden just like flies off the handle and loses all like mobility and control of his body and flings his lunch tray across the cafeteria where it lands on Mr. Feeney. And Mr. Feeney is carrying a cup of tea, like in a saucer with a teacup 
and he says, I hate SAT time. But that's funny. Because tea time. <laughs> He's carrying a teacup. Alden loved that. I thought it was much. very funny, but repeating it didn't seem as good. It's funny. <sighs> I'm a failure. You are a wonderful father, and you provide well for our family. Thanks, Amy. Hey, um, Amy's my sister. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess that makes it a more weird Yeah, just statement. a little bit. But I met Amy Matthews. Yeah? So anyway, how did you feel about this episode? <sighs> Tanya. It's going to take a while for my heart to repair from this one. You're in a fragile state already. I so. am. I'm very emotional right now. There's a lot going on. But I hate... Everything. I No. It's... Right now, my emotional state does have a lot to do with how children are treated. And so watching this come to fruition on the screen was very difficult for me. Like, very difficult. Like... Hey, guys, like, maybe treat your kids that you birthed, like, well. Like, let's take care of the kids that we put on this earth. This earth sucks as it is, so if you're going to have kids, take care of them. Be good to them. And stop bullshitting. Yeah, stop bullshitting. You bullshitters are ruining your kids. And don't be an example of doing that to your kid. Like, your kids will learn that from you, and then they're going to be a bullshitter, too. You know what, though? Sometimes bullshitting is so, like, it works out for so many people, and it's so frustrating, because yeah. I'm a really bad bullshitter. Yeah, but as we saw, Chet was not living the best life. It's like, true. Like, outwardly, a lot of bullshitters live a good life. Like, we've watched people who are like, how are they getting by? All they do is bullshit all the time, but people don't know the real them, and then as soon as they do, everything falls apart right they they are able to get through most situations better than we are but they're not able to get through like life right the way we are yeah and and every time people figure them out it takes a piece of them with it like Mm -hmm. like it gets worse and worse and i need to remember that you know how like military families like the kids always have to move to another school and like redo everything and it's so like it's an upheaval every time the a bullshitter is like always having an emotional upheaval like they're always having to move to a new emotional school yeah and reconstruct relationships new relationships and find more people to bullshit and to get what they want we're gonna have to make this episode explicit we have we've said, said shit so many times, yeah, so we just lot. need to put a content warning on there for your mom that says we say think, shit a lot. My mom doesn't listen. I think she does. That'd be weird because we've said a lot of shit, mom. She's like our biggest fan. She always retweets our tweet. She supports us. She stands. She stands. She stands me. Anyway, um, yeah, it was I, it was a really emotional episode. It was, it was a really good episode. Mm-hmm. It was really well written and believably written. I can't. I can't get over how realistic it seemed like Chet was yes. as an adult now. And having dealt with a lot of these situations and a lot of these kinds of people, not only was he written well, but everyone's responses to him were so spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the adults could kind of see how he was, but also just kind of gave in to how he was acting because they couldn't overpower it. Other than a few people who were able to just kind of like... 
um, Mr. Turner, who was just like, I'm not going to let this just kind of happen. But then you had people like Alan who were reacting kind of more the way I reacted yes. to these people where you're like, I'm not going to give in, but it's also tearing me down. Like, it's just breaking me yes. down until I exasperatedly say, hey, whatever, he can stay with us, but you're look what you're doing to him. And I think it's very important to note that Chet was one of the people, too, that made Alan feel less than. Yeah. And we have often felt less than these bullshitters that we have known in our lives. Like, because they have somehow figured out this magical formula to get where they need to be and get the things that they need to survive. And we are like, what part of that are we missing? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're bullshitters. Like, that's important to remember. But he is going through that same thing that we've gone through where we're like, are we like, am I... Am I missing something here? Like, is he better than me? Like, am I okay enough? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, it it almost turns everything on its head when you have that, like, almost just tornado of chaos around you. Yeah, but it was so well written. Um, I, I, I really want to make sure I know who the writers were on this because yeah. was it really Jeff Minnell? I don't know. Um, was it this uh, the other guy that I wrote down that it's two pages back and I'm not going to scroll back to? It's really um, important for him to remember this, but he's not going to look <laughs> back gonna, on his notes. I'm not going to go back two pages. Are you <laughs> kidding me? That would make a <laughs> sound. Yeah. Um, but it was so believably written, and I, I w- I'm impressed by it. Because as a kid, it was so believably written for me from mm-hmm. the kid's perspective. Yes. And then as an adult, like the adult perspective on it was so good. Um, and... It, I was worried when we started this that it was going to rip my heart out as far as, like, Corey being embarrassed by Alan again. L- that was a lot lighter and more acceptable to me. Like, right. Corey didn't, like, freak out on his dad and whatever. No, and you didn't hear him talk that much about the whole career day situation. Right. It was more in the beginning, and then we were dealing with Sean and his dad, and I think Corey was taking a, lo- a step back and saying, like okay, what I have is amazing. Right. I don't have to deal with this. Like, I have a stable home. I have a stable father. Like, I have a stable mother. Like, I am so fortunate. Right. And, Sean, you can stay here. Like, and you know you can stay here. And um, Corey's part in this, though, was very minimal. And that was fine. Yeah, it's just crazy to me that, like, in these episodes, in this season... We get these episodes that are just off the wall nonsense. Like the last episode was my least favorite episode we've seen. Yeah, maybe we needed it. Before and then, this. and that's what I'm wondering. Like, I wonder if they knew this was coming and they were like, "Hey, butt gang, get in here." Yeah, we gotta we need, break it up a little bit. We need gang. you to do your thing, do your butt gang thing, and make this episode weird and shitty. So next episode we can really hit them where it hurts. And they did. And they did. They did. Uh, um, we only have one episode left in the season. Yeah, what are, we, what are we going to do for our in-between? I don't know. We don't have anything planned. Hey, if anyone's listening right now, can you just, like, give us some ideas? What do you want to hear us do in the interim? Yeah, like, email us or tweet at us or say it on the Facebook page. Just, like, give us ideas of what you want to hear. Like, I have ideas and they're just too much <laughs> i want to do a D style episode it's where gonna we, be a while before we can do it that. just that's so much work right i don't so know how to do maybe it we do that like halfway through our podcast sure. like halfway through 
the seasons. Sure. Um, but yeah. I mean, trivia again, and I don't know what else. We'll figure it out. It'll be fine. We'll do We've sing- been winging it this whole time. Do a sing-along episode? I'm not singing. Sing-along, where we do like the little bouncy thing on the bottom of the screen. What are we singing? Um, Our theme song? Because that's one song. For 45 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. If you have any ideas, let us know. Yes, please do. What do all the cool kids do? Where do broken hearts go? Can they find their way home? The little bouncy things going on the bottom of the screen right now. Anyway. You're singing it like a spoken word? Is there any? Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like I to add? I don't think so. We've had a lot of new listens lately, so thanks for listening. Yeah, we have. We really appreciate all of you. Like, it's really interesting to see download numbers go up and people paying attention. Or getting emails. or Getting emails like, and getting really feedback. Cool. Um, we do have the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash BMW. We need more of you in there so that we can have more fun with it. Exactly. Um, because we are getting more and more listeners and we are not getting more and more people joining that group. And that's fine. And we need that so that we can figure out what we're going to do for the interim episode because we can't think of it on our own. Exactly. Just kidding. We'll probably think of something. We're very creative. You, this is my life. This is her like saying, uh, we can't do this, but we're going to be awesome at it. So (laughs) like, which one? Oh my God. So... Join our Facebook group. Once we think of something, it's going to be amazing. Twitter at BMG and BMW. <laughs> Email BMG and BMW. Well, BMW. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> okay. At Eric gmail.com. Um, that's it. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 2, Episode 22. Class dismissed.